Hello and welcome back to the show. In today's episode, I am talking to Celeste Rains Turk. She is a bikini competitor, a fitness coach, nutritionist, and she's talking in this episode all about self-care. This is such an important topic for entrepreneurs because we tend to put ourselves absolutely last on the list. Everything else in our lives comes first above our self-care, but if we don't pay attention to our wellness, we are going to suffer. Our businesses are going to suffer. Our friends and our family relationships are going to suffer. So it is critically important that we have a good foundation of wellness and self-care. And that is what I am talking to Celeste about in today's episode. This episode is for anybody who feels like they have a solid foundation in self-care and wellness and for those who feel like maybe they don't and they really need to step it up in the year ahead. Don't forget to take out your pen and take some notes in this episode because in today's little mini wellness training, which is basically what Celeste gives you, she breaks down the principles of wellness and gives you a framework that you can reference over and over again. Without any further ado, here's my interview with Celeste Rains Turk. Celeste, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Hi, thanks so much for having me on. Would you like to take a moment and introduce yourself to our audience in your own words? Sure. So I'm Celeste Rains Turk, and I am a bikini competitor and I have a passion for fitness and health, but more than that, what I do is I help people to build more than just a body. And I do this by focusing on emphasizing the importance of self-love, mindset, behavior change, modification planning, well-being development, and of course, fitness and nutrition all coming together to create a really freeing, empowering, and fulfilling lifestyle. Um, so basically I'm aligning self-love and fitness every day to help people do that. Oh, I love that. That seems so needed. So out of all of those different topics, I mean, from mindset to fitness to nutrition, what one would you like to talk about today? Well, I know that you focus on helping entrepreneurs, so I'd love to talk about the dimensions of wellness and how we can use that to make our lives seem a little bit more balanced, if you want to use that term, um, because we can become so focused on our work and making an impact and following our dreams, pursuing it, that we lose sight of other things in our life. I think that is so true. I was actually, I was just talking about this with one of my clients the other day. It's so natural when you are running a business that you put your wellness absolutely last on the list and then you end up getting burned out. You end up having to take two days off to just catch up on sleep and it's not a good situation for anybody. Uh, So you've mentioned a word that I think is really sort of important to, to drill in on here and that is balance. And it seems... To, to somebody who's been in business a long time, that balance is something that's pretty elusive. I mean, it seems like something that we want. It seems like something that we're striving for, but it also seems like something we're never quite going to get. So have you found a way to be able to achieve balance with our wellness, or is it something that is actually out of reach and we should just do the best we can? I definitely think it's out of reach and we should just do the best that we can, Um, just being completely transparent. But at the end of the day, it comes down to how you feel about each area of your life and those different dimensions. And if you can 
if you can take a step back and objectively evaluate where you're at with those things and actually feel really good about them, then maybe you've achieved your level of balance, right? So maybe you're someone who looks at it more like that your priorities are balanced, right? Like you prioritize your business at the utmost, but not at the expense of your happiness or your health or your family. So maybe it's not necessarily like if you put like three pebbles on one side and three pebbles on the other, it's going to be equal, but maybe you at least feel good about where your priorities are. I think that sounds like a good idea. And so when it comes to prioritizing wellness, is there one particular area that has a bigger impact that, you know, if we focus on this one thing, then we're going to have an easier time implementing other wellness changes or are they all pretty much equal? That's a really, really great question. Um, from a personal standpoint, I would say that it would be really, really important to focus on especially your emotional and your spiritual well-being um, in the sense that that's going to allow you to be more in touch with what you need. Um, of course, like being a fitness professional, I also am all about the physical dimension. However, I, I don't think you can have anything else aligned in your life without first connecting to yourself and being able to fully understand and embrace who you are, accepting where you're at and being able to use that as knowledge and resource to continue moving forward where you want to go in the other levels. Yes, I think that's really important to be considering here. So something that's been so so challenging, I think, for entrepreneurs is when we are struggling to really have that connection with spirituality and purpose. And and I, so many of uh, so many entrepreneurs they get into it because they're really bad at taking orders from a boss because maybe they really can't stand showing up at nine in the morning for a job mm -hmm. and the purpose and the connection comes later. And I think that's something that can be really challenging, but assuming we've got that part down. So let's say we've got the connection, we've got the purpose, we were more motivated and we're happy. How do we then use that to start to in, inter, intertwine some wellness into our day? So, and if we're sitting here you know, having phone calls all day long behind our computer, probably not the best thing we can be doing for our health, but it's necessary for our business. Wow. Yes, absolutely. I love the way that you are presenting this. And I would say that something that you can do is just really focus on taking care of yourself in the little ways, right? So if you were to write down, make a list of like the little things that really bring you up and keep you inspired in relation to the areas of well-being. So we have the emotional, the environmental, spiritual, physical, occupational, intellectual, and I'm missing one. Um, what, what else did I need to say? Physical. I said physical. I said intellectual. I said emotional, mm -hmm. spiritual, social, your social life, <laughs> that thing, right? Um, so if you could look at all those different areas and apply them throughout your day or within like if you are sitting behind a computer maybe you make it a point that every day you reach out to a friend and send a really nice message something of appreciation or you plan a get together maybe if it's in relation to your emotional well-being you start to feel disconnected or isolated or lonely because you're just constantly on calls behind the computer. Maybe it's not the best day you've ever had in your business, or maybe it's the most amazing, but then you finish and you're like, well, now what? So it's important to connect with things that can 
address that loneliness or address um, not feeling connected to others or not feeling connected to yourself. And by evaluating like, well, do I actually enjoy this life? Am I laughing? So, so if you're not even laughing throughout your days, like if you're like, I can't remember the last time I laughed, maybe you need to start incorporating like a funny video every day. So those are little things that we can do if we are stuck behind a computer, like set aside those break times, I guess you could call them to prioritize that. Because I think a lot of people get caught up in this idea that in order to create balance in their life, it has to be this huge, like circus, right? Like Mm -hmm. this huge act where it's like, okay, I have to like prioritize this and I have to spend like an hour on this a day and three on that. And 20 minutes on this, but in reality, it could just be as simple as connecting to what do you need right now today? Like where are things feeling out of whack? And maybe you realize like, I have not been outside in two days and (laughs) I feel so not myself. I'm feeling very down and dragging and I know nature makes me feel good. So I'm going to make it a priority today to maybe do some work outside or to go outside on a walk in between my calls or to take a call outside. So those are just little things that I think we can implement. I like how you're, how you're putting the dimensions of wellness. And I think so many of us just assume that it means, you know, drinking more water and going to bed early. And <laughs> I like that, you know, incorporating laughter and getting outside. I think those are things that are really accessible and anybody can relate to those. So how did you get into wellness? So is this a lifelong passion or is this something that evolved out of a deeper need? Oh, wow. Um, I think that it came like as like through my passion, like pursuit, I guess you could say, like I was going to school for um, clinical nutrition and dietetics when this concept was introduced to me of wellness and of the dimensions of wellness. And I was already practicing as a coach in fitness and nutrition. And I was starting to get into the self-love thing based on some of my own past experiences where I had a lot of self-loathing behaviors, toxicity, suicidal thoughts, depression, anxiety, all these different things. When I had realized my mission was to help people build more than just a body because really like the physical work is just a band-aid over all of it. And so my eyes were starting to open up to this level of personal development that goes beyond going to the gym and drinking water and eating, eating cleaner. So when I saw this in one of my classes, I was like, oh my gosh, it's perfect. It's literally, it's amazing. Just knowing that there are, there are very different areas of our life. And I even outlined this in my book and I teach people how to actually go through them and, and balance it because people need it. Like you said, it's something that evolved. Like, I think we've always needed it as humans. I think that's why they are dimensions of a more broad term of wellness, but I think we've lost sight of it because the way that we've been conditioned and the things that we're being taught and the way that our focus has flowed is way more on uh, physical changes. And the physical changes really can't be sustained under my impression and beliefs and experiences without those other areas coming into play as well. So this was a really nice way for me to understand that you can almost like label it, put a name on it and teach it in a very specific way rather than just like, okay, go improve your wellness. It's like, oh wait, well, like, what are the different areas of life that we're looking to exceed upon? And what are those things that are going to make us feel like we're getting more out of our life and more out of our business? Because I know a lot of people like, my business is my life, you know, and um, mm-hmm. it's part of our soul. It's part of our passion and it's our purpose, especially when we're doing the things that we love. So I would say it evolved from education as well as experience. 
What are some of the recurring challenges that you see your clients having to overcome when it comes to wellness? I mean, is there a common thread that you've seen? Is there one area that we almost all struggle with more than others? I would say one of the biggest things is uh, people feel guilty about taking the time to prioritize when they know they need to, let's say, grow or create more success or more abundance within one area. So what does this mean? I mean, like maybe like I've had people who are like, well, I I can't focus on my relationship, like the social dimension. I can't focus on my, um, my time by myself. You know, like I can't sit down and read a book, my intellectual dimension, because I have a huge project at work or have this big launch I'm preparing for in my business. And then they feel guilty when they do take the time to actually prioritize a different aspect of themselves and of their life. And what I know about guilt is that it's really just a reflection of an identity disconnect. Um, this is something I learned in my psychology studies. So it's like when, when we feel guilty, it's literally because the person we believe that we are is acting different than we're acting as a different person than that. So for example, if you consider yourself a thief and, or you, you don't consider yourself a thief and you go steal now you you feel guilt. You'll you'll feel guilty. But if you consider yourself a thief and you steal, you won't feel guilty because you're doing what you think you are. So if you're a business owner who grinds every day and focuses on nothing but the grind and making things happen and only putting hours into the business, as soon as you step away to maybe read that book or watch that Netflix series or um, go on a walk with your family, maybe you start to feel and realize like you're feeling guilty because that's not who you are. So I think that's where people struggle the most is understanding that there has to be an identity shift with the commitment to prioritizing other areas of your life. As soon as you decide it's time to put priority on other areas and it's time to create a balance, you have to be a balanced person. If you don't see yourself or, or commit to becoming a balanced person, then every time you take those action steps to do that, there's a high likelihood that things like guilt, fear, um, anxiety are going to come up from those actions. I think that's a really powerful statement. In fact, I wrote that down because that is <laughs> definitely going to be the uh, the marketing quote for this episode. Yay! <laughs> and so how do you start to shift that perception though? And, and I, I've been through it myself and I wish I actually knew what I, I did. I used <laughs> to be that person that, you know, I would work 14 to 16 hour days and I kept telling myself how much I loved it and all. And, and, you know, my health did start to deteriorate, which is also complicated by the fact that I have a nervous system disorder. So I have to be careful about my health. But the story that I've been telling myself is, oh, I'm someone who works all the time and I, I'm just mostly sick all the time anyway. And it made it really hard to move forward. I just, I don't know exactly how to go th through a change like that intentionally. Mine was more, it just, all of a sudden I woke up one day and I was like, oh, this is different. So if someone is listening to this, and this is going to be coming out in time for people to be making their new year's resolutions nice. and they're feeling like they have an identity issue, a, a disconnect here that is preventing them from feeling like someone who could be healthy and balanced. How should they start to, to modify that so that the action steps are not wasted effort? 
Yeah, that's a really great point and a great question. And um, if you're really looking to create an intentional change, then you already have a lot of things going for you and on your side because you're choosing to be intentional about it. Now, in order to create that identity shift that's going to support those intentions, we have to be able to let go of and grieve the old version of us who wasn't previously acting in those ways that would have created the new lifestyle we're looking for. Um, And we also have to then decide who we are becoming in order to achieve or have the things that we want or to have this balance that we have created in the back of our mind. Like one day I'll focus on my physical aspect. One day I'll be more in tune with my my friends and my family again, but right now I have to lock myself in my room and work, right? So if you're really thinking intentionally, like, you know, this is going to help you, right? We have to identify the benefits. So first and foremost, identify the benefits of making this change. Because if you're only doing it from a place of, oh, I listened to this podcast, I should do this, but you have no real idea of what the benefit's going to be from doing it for your own life. Like you can hear what we're saying and and be like, yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. But it's like another thing to go, when I choose to become a more balanced person who prioritizes themselves in other areas of their life to help their business grow, I see that I attract way more of my ideal client. I serve at such a higher level and I'm actually able to enjoy the present moment, which makes me way more of a magnet to the things that I want. And so you, you will be able to set and identify those benefits. And then after you identify the benefits, you have to identify the person you have to become in order to achieve those benefits. So maybe you say like, I, I am deciding that I'm no longer someone who puts up with locking myself in a room and make myself work all the time, only to then be bombarded by needing two hours of sleep to recoup. And I decide that I am a person who achieves and has balance in all areas of their life and notices and recognizes when those things come up and has ways to address those potential self-sabotagers. And then as soon as you go through that, then you have to go, okay, well, what could I possibly do that's going to keep me from achieving this success, right? So now you have the intention, you've identified the benefits and you've identified the person you have to become. Well, what's going to stop you from becoming that person? We know ourselves better than anyone. So when we can identify the ways we might sabotage ourselves, we're going to come out on top because we're going to know how to address them. I think this is one of the biggest steps that gets skipped in all programs, all um, changes in life is people don't recognize where they'll sabotage themselves. Like someone sets a new year's resolution and doesn't remember the fact that they have this really interesting habit of always driving past the gym after work, even though they have their gym clothing, or maybe they never pack their gym clothing, right? So if we can identify where we sabotage ourselves, maybe as a business owner, you make an excuse when your alarm clock goes off to go on that midday walk that you set, you usually end up finding yourself going, oh, I just have five more things to put into this landing page. Um, And then you get caught up in it and your calls come. And then by the end of the day, you didn't go on your walk. So you have to identify that sabotager and then come up with a way to address it. Okay, when that alarm goes off, if I have something to do, I put it on snooze and I finish that because I know I'm on a roll. And then I go and do it. And that's first priority. That's the first thing I do. Um, So coming up with ways to address the sabotage. And then lastly, taking aligned action. Um, So acting from the space of the person that you are becoming. So you can no longer take action from that space of the old you. You can't be like, oh, I am now, I am going to be fit and healthy and then act just like the person of the version of you who wasn't as fit or as healthy as you'd like to be. So 
I would say those are some of the first steps people can take. I think those are going to make a big difference in their life and actually being able to address and create that success they're looking for in those changes. So you just gave pretty much a roadmap to lasting change here. I love that. Uh, Thank you. Is this covered in your book? So yeah, actually in my book, I have a complete, I kind of went about it differently as you can probably tell I'm someone who like, if I'm going to show up somewhere, I want to show up fully present and give as much as I can, because I think that there's a reason someone's listening to this right now. And I want to make sure that they get what they need from it. So in my book, I did the same thing. It's called Believe Your Way to Badass and I made it an interactive guide. So it's literally got step-by-step journaling prompts, step-by-step action steps, step-by-step things that they need to do in order to develop self-love in order to evaluate the areas of their life and create an action plan to move forward from them. And it includes exact like process of how to get into aligned action, how to get into the next identity, how to move through that process of from who you were to now who you're becoming, which is the most badass version of yourself. So that's awesome. And where is that book available? So if somebody listening is like, okay, so I need something that I can refer to over and over again, where can they go get that? For sure. It's on Amazon right now. So if they go on Amazon and just type in Celeste Rainstark or they type in Believe Your Way to Badass, there's a Kindle version and there's a paperback. Obviously, I recommend the paperback because you can actually, it is literally a journal. It has the lines and everything. But if you have a favorite journal at home that you like doing your stuff in, you could obviously benefit from the paper, uh, from the Kindle as well. Oh, I love that. And that's such a Thank great you. title too. Thank you. And so what, what inspired you to write the book? So in, ostensibly you could have just continued to work with people privately one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> great point. Um, <laughs> I was really inspired to write it because I had made such massive shifts in my life that year um, that I didn't want, like that I knew that if I could make those shifts just by applying those strategies, that imagine if the world could, like what would we all become? If even just two more people applied those strategies, three more, five more, a hundred more, it became a bestseller. So, I mean, it, it was something that I felt really confident in and I knew that was going to happen. And then the fact that it did was really inspiring for me because now I know that there are people out there who have applied it, sent me photos of it. And that's exactly what I set out to do. That was the intention. People would go into it, dive really deep and actually create the change they're looking to create. So by making it a journal, I knew that it wasn't just going to end up on someone's coffee table with dust, you know, maybe it has collected dust over the years, but um, when they actually open it, they're able to take the action they need. So if someone's struggling with their self-love in that moment, they know that there's going to be an activity in there that they can do. And then I was also inspired by the fact that like that year I had hired a mindset mentor. I spent every single penny in my bank account and more, (laughs) everything. And I was, yeah, I know. I was um, 19 at the time and I'm 21 now. I'm going to be 22 soon. It was around this time of year as well. And it was such a big investment and I don't regret it at all. Um, it changed my life. I learned, I, I got immersed into the personal development world in the mindset world. It actually inspired me to change my major to psychology. Like it changed everything for me. And I was like, this is not something we should hide from people. Like people need to know how to make this change occur in their life. So I just teach the principles that help me the most. Obviously there's like personal work that can still be done on a one-on-one level where it's like we can actually really dive into the past experiences or we can really dive into where there's a 
this resistance to achieving self-love or we can dive into um, why they haven't yet applied these strategies, right? So there's still a lot of room for one-on-one and I recognize that principles aren't enough. Like we're already living in like information age. We can find everything we need, but it's implementation that matters. So I knew that in the book, if I could provide some form of implementation, but still with enough room for them to reach out if they needed more help, then everyone would win. So I like that a lot. And so you're, you. you're definitely right about the implementation part. That's something <laughs> that I see people struggle with over and over again. And, you know, admittedly, I did too, when I was first getting started with my business, with my own personal development, I would read all of the books and then I wouldn't <laughs> do anything with it, you know? Mm-hmm. Exactly. There's so many books I've read where I'm like, I wish there was a little journaling section right here that would force me to do it. Because if I saw that, I would do it. But then I'm like, I'll come back to it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you don't. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so uh, speaking of books, do you have a favorite book aside from your own that was really helpful on your journey? Um, to be honest, in the past, I would really like read books and not... Okay, like when I was a kid, I read books all the time. I loved them, but I read for uh, consumption, not for benefit, um, because I was just like obsessed reading through mm-hmm. books. Um, and then as I got older, like I got into some of the personal development work books, but I found that I would mostly just open it to a chapter that made sense to me, read it, and then call it a day. Um, didn't get really consistent with that. Found myself much more interested in videos and blogs. But I will say I just started reading a book, funnily enough, um, You Are a Badass. And oh, yes. I love it. It's a great book. So that book was awesome. I'm actually, I'm still reading. That's one that I'm like, I could read this over and over. And it's a lot of the same similar principles. And I love the way that she uh, has so much humor in it as well. So it's very interesting. Um, And then there's another book that I always recommend to my like food and food freedom clients. And it's called The Goddess Revolution. That's by Mel Wells. And that's a book that I wish I wrote. (laughs) Oh, oh, I can't wait to check that one out. Yes. Revolution definitely do so. Awesome. So I'm always looking for more health and wellness nutrition kind of books. So I'm vegan. I try to focus entirely on plants. Um, And sometimes I get bored with the recipes that are available to me. (laughs) Yeah, I can see that. I, I, I just went out last night to a vegan restaurant and I was like, wow, this tastes so much better than if I make something at home that's vegan. <laughs> I don't do very well. They do it so amazing here. I, I wouldn't know. Yeah, there are some some hacks that can really help things like um, adding nutritional yeast. It can make it taste more complex. Uh, soy sauce is a great addition if somebody can eat soy. I know there's a lot of people who can't. Uh, things like liquid aminos. So they have um, you know, negligible nutritional benefit, but they're not bad for you. And they right. make the food taste less, uh, less vegan-y. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I always put soy sauce on my tofu. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. So this has been a great interview. I love it. So if somebody wants to get in touch with you, where can they find you online? Absolutely. And thank you so much for creating the space for it. I've had a lot of good times on it already and I'm excited to share it with my audience as well but for anybody listening that wants to connect um, you can find me on Instagram celestial underscore fit and that's pretty much the same on all social media platforms it's going to be celestial fit my website is www.celestial.fit and of course I'm sure that you know if you just search my name in my book you're going to have all the information there as well 
Awesome. So for anybody listening to this right now, if you just go into your podcast player, into the show notes, you can just tap the links and go right to all of these things. I've made it super easy for you. So Celeste, thank you so much for joining me today. This has been so much fun. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I, I, I really enjoyed this. At American University, we don't just hope for change. We create it. We don't just dream of a better world, we make it a reality. With a graduate degree from AU, you'll access expert faculty and connections throughout DC to develop skills and experience to turn your passion into purpose. And that purpose can make all the difference in your career. Discover the difference a degree makes at American.edu slash gradschool.